So as I was praying about tonight, this uh, phrase came up in my heart. And I have used this as a title before, but the Holy Spirit always takes us a different direction. So what we're going to talk about tonight is the fuller we are, the further we go. The fuller we are, the further we go. And really, uh, it kind of jumped up in my spirit as Pastor Dick was sharing on Sunday morning. And he was talking about Elijah. And he shared the account. And we'll just recap it real quick. But I would encourage you to read this account. It's in 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18. And it is the account of where God told Elijah to go to King Ahab, Rahab, Rahab, no, Ahab, (laughs) and tell him there was not going to be any rain for three years. And just a little note that I find very interesting. Baal is the, was, or if he's still around, he's not around, maybe an old statue of him, but Baal was the God of rain. So it's pretty interesting that God told Elijah to say, there's not going to be any rain anymore until my God, the true God, says so. Don't you love it? It was kind of like a in your face, big bad bell. You're not the one that controls rain. My God is saying no rain. And there's nothing that your dead, useless God of Baal can do about it. Wasn't that great? God is the only one that can bring the rain. So we know what happened. It didn't rain. And then after three years, there was the showdown. I liked how Pastor Dick said it. I thought, oh, I've always said it like that. The showdown at the OK Corral between the prophet Elijah and the prophets of Baal. We know who won. Fire came down from heaven. 400 prophets of Baal were killed that day. And the people of Israel, the children of Israel, it didn't take them long to turn, did it? They started saying, oh, the Lord. He is God. Oh, we're sorry. It wasn't Baal. You're the God. And they turned quickly to God. And then the account of how the rain was going to come. And that's how what Pastor Dick centered in on. How he told his, his uh, prophet to go. I mean, he told his servant, go look. Go look. There's going to be a cloud. There's going to be rain. And he made that statement of faith. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And he centered in on, I hear the sound. Glory to God. There is the sound of the abundance of rain. There is the sound of the wind of the Holy Spirit. There is the sound of the fire of God about to show up on the scene. Amen. So we hear this wonderful sound in the realm of the Spirit. God is on the move, on the move, on the move. Hallelujah. But where I want to pick up on the story, the rest of the story, that happens in 1 Kings chapter 19. And we'll just re, re, I mean, we'll uh, summarize a portion of the story before we read any of the scriptures. But it's very interesting. Elijah, obviously, had had a tremendous victory. Wow. You know, killed all those prophets of Baal. The nation had turned back 
to God. But then, after this tremendous victory, he gets word that Jezebel, Ahab's wife, wicked, demon-possessed woman, was out to kill him. Because she loved Baal, apparently, and hated this prophet of God. So he gets this word that Jezebel's coming after him. And instead of standing in faith, I mean, he just stood in front of all these prophets of Baal, but instead of standing in faith, he must have been a little weary. He must have been a little tired. Have you ever been a little weary, a little tired, maybe a little battle fatigued? So instead of standing up to her, he runs. It's a tactic of the devil many times that once we have experienced a great victory, there's this counterattack. And this is not a sad, sorry message, but these things happen. We can have this tremendous victory, and then maybe you're going to, okay, I think I'm just going to take a vacation. I'm not going to read the Word for a few days. I'm not going to pray for a few days. I've been in this battle. The victory has come. The Lord understands. I just need to space out. Well, the Lord understands that we need to rest, but we never take a break from being in the Word. Never take a break from praying or fellowshipping with Him. So I don't really know what happened to Elijah, but this attack came. And instead of standing in faith, he ran in fear. So we're going to keep up uh, we're going to pick up the story here in verse 5 of 1 Kings chapter 9 19. So then as he lay and slept under a broom tree suddenly an angel touched him and said to him arise and eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank. I want you to remember that. So he ate and drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time, touched him and said it again, Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. That phrase just popped out at me. Arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. We've got some places to go. We've got some things to do. We are right now at the end of this age. And I believe, I believe it with all of my heart that we have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. That we have been handpicked and hand-selected by God to be alive in this day and in this hour. Arise and eat, he said. The journey's too great for you. Well, what is that telling us? It means to get where we need to go. To see the things that we are believing God to see. It's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by our own power. But it has to be by His Spirit coming upon us. By the power of the Holy Spirit empowering us. And it can't be us looking at our own abilities. We're not going to get there 
in our own strength and in our own power, in our own wisdom. You know, God's got things for all of us to do individually and corporately as a church. How many of you have learned how to lean in, lean in and lean on his everlasting arms, lean in and pull from the supply of the spirit to drink in of the wells of salvation to feast on manna from heaven that's where our strength is going to come from and that's the only way we're going to be able to get to the journey that he told us that we're going to experience there's places to go there's things to do but we're not going to do it in our own power and in our own ability but aren't you thankful that we serve a God with whom nothing is impossible and nothing is impossible to you and to me if we will believe the word of God hallelujah to go further and to run our race we have to do what Elisha did he was ready to quit If you read that whole chapter, he's complaining to God. There's no other believers left. There's nobody that calls upon your name except me. I mean, discouragement had set in and he was ready to stop. He was ready to have God send his saddle home. Just let me come on home. No, there was still more for him to do. But this is symbolic here. Of him eating and drinking. Look at verse 8 now. So he arose and he ate and he drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights. As far as Horeb, the mount of God. That must have been some kind of angel food cake. I like angel food cake, but man, this had to be supercharged angel food cake to give him that kind of strength. But that phrase just stood out to me as I was looking at it today. He ate and he drank. And it is symbolic of the church of what we must do to get where we're going. To run our race and to finish our course we have to have both the church must have the word and the spirit we must eat and feast on manna from heaven but we must also drink in of the spirit of the living god amen if i heard someone say this years ago if you're all word you're going to dry up if you're all spirit You're going to blow up. And we're not going to do either. We're not going to dry up and just be word, word, word. We are word, 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 word people. But the Bible says the word and the spirit agree. So we're going after both. Elijah had both. He ate angel food cake and he drank some mighty wonderful substance that gave him strength for 40 days. 
So let's just break this down a little bit. We're going to eat first. We're going to have the word. The importance of daily eating the word. Too many Christians are trying to survive on and walk out their destiny and the plans that God has set before them on one little snack Maybe every two or three months coming to church and never picking up their Bible, never reading the word at home. Folks, that won't get it. We need to come to the table that's been prepared for us. You know, it's so good over in Psalms 23, very familiar scriptures. If you are coming for a new revelation tonight, you can just go ahead and and leave now. No, don't leave. We haven't taken the offering. Don't leave. But we build on the word of God. And even when we read familiar passages of scripture, just like I was reading that account today and it was like, he ate and he drank. And those words just got big in my Bible. And yeah, I was reading it in my, my actual Bible. The word is alive. And every time we come together, we should be expecting to receive Inside, Amen. To help us in our journey. On our journey home, right? We're heading to heaven, but we got a whole lot of territory to cover before we get to heaven. We got a whole lot of people to reach and bring in to the kingdom of God. Amen. He ain't finished with any of us yet. Amen. Places to go. People to reach. Things to do. Amen. Amen. So let's just keep eating from the word of God a little bit more tonight. uh, Psalms 23 verse 5. Out of the King James. You're familiar with this. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over over. This is symbolic that we as believers can come to the Father's table and we can partake of whatever we need. If you need healing, well, the Bible says healing is the children's bread. So I believe there's a loaf of healing on the Father's table. If you need peace, say, oh, pass me the platter of peace. If you need some joy, I've always seen it this way, that joy is a big jug. Pass me that jug and start drinking in of the joy of the Lord. The Father has a table prepared for us to come and partake of. What are we eating off of the Father's table? We are eating His Word that He has prepared for us. And His Word brings nourishment and it brings health to our physical bodies. It's what we need to be Take partaking of. Listen to the definition of prepare. To make or get ready for some purpose or event. And I really like this one. I found this definition of prepare. To provide in abundance. To provide in abundance. There's no lack on the Father's table. He doesn't give you a little dried up snack. Whatever we need, it's there in 
abundance. Hallelujah. Pastor likes to talk a lot about food when he preaches. And sometimes he talks about food that I have made. And you know, the last couple of years, I haven't really made Thanksgiving dinner. But back in the day, I used to do a full spread of Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, I don't want to get you hungry. The turkey, cornbread dressing, homemade gravy, mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, this wonderful corn casserole. I mean, I could go on and on, but we won't. That's enough, right? So what if pastor gets up and he boasts of my wonderful Thanksgiving meal and then the day comes and you are, we, we do a lottery and you win the lottery and you get to come to my house for Thanksgiving. Wouldn't that be awesome? And anyhow, so Thanksgiving day comes and you have been anticipating this wonderful feast. You come in, pastor has you sit down in the living room and you hear all this noise in the kitchen and your mouth is just watering with expectation. And after about an hour or so, I come out with paper plates loaded down with bologna sandwiches. And you can just sense all the air leaving the room and the tangible disappointment. Well, that would be disappointing. That, But you know, some people treat the things of God like that, like that God is whipping them up a bologna sandwich. He doesn't have no such thing. I have nothing against bologna sandwiches, but that's not on the Father's menu. He knows how to prepare a feast for His children. As a matter of fact, Psalms 23 verse 5 out of the message, it says, You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessings. Don't you love that? You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. It's a tactic of the enemy to try to get you to get up from the Father's table. Try to bring all this commotion and these distractions. You've just sat down to have a good feast of the Word of God. And then these distractions come. These deans start happening on your device. And, you know, you start having visions of that mountain of laundry in your garage. And just distractions and all these things start taking place. What is he doing? He's trying to get you to get up and not partake of manna from heaven. And you know, the devil, he can't come to the Father's table. This verse says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. That means the devil might be present. He might be hovering around and trying, like I said, to distract you, get you from eating. What is he doing? He's trying to get you up from your chair. He doesn't have a chair. Don't let him get you out of yours. You stay seated in your place and your position at the Father's table. Hallelujah. And you keep eating the Word of God. I believe that there is a song from heaven being sung to us tonight. Any of you older ones like me know that song. Come and dine. Come and dine, the Master calleth. Come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. Pam, you're about my age. You know the words. I see you singing that. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. 
to the hungry calleth now. What? Come and die. He wants us to eat so we can continue in the strength of the word. Amen. Hallelujah. So Elijah was told, eat and drink. Is it important what we drink in of? We've already established how important it is to eat the word of God. But it is just as important what we take in, drink in, in our individual lives. Let me ask you a question. What have you been drinking? And I'm not talking about Dr. Pepper or iced tea or Gatorade. I'm talking about things that we consume of the world, drink in of things that will pollute us on the inside. It's pretty obvious when a person has been consuming an alcoholic beverage. I've really never been around very many people that were drunk. The only people I've ever seen drink very much was pastor's family, but, you know, we won't go there. (laughs) Good people, they're all in heaven. The ones that did, they're they're in heaven. I'm not saying that. But that's uh, honestly the only time I'd ever seen anybody drink. But you can see the effects of alcohol. It affects people's behavior. I saw my mother-in-law one time, and it was the first time we'd ever been to their house. And she was a wonderful, wonderful woman, loved her her dearly. But she had been drinking, and she got upset. Not with me, thank the Lord, but she was upset with other relatives. And I was like, whoa. Went in the bedroom, actually, and cried like, Lord, what kind of family did I marry into? Protect me, Jesus. I was scared. I'll just say I was scared for a minute. But anyhow... Alcohol affects people's behavior, their ability to walk, to see, to drive, to think clearly. I looked up this definition, and one of the definitions of alcohol is that it's a mind-altering substance. What we drink affects us spiritually as well. That's the parallel. You and I, we do need to drink A mind-altering substance. But it's not found at the local bar or it can't be smoked at the cannabis club. We need something else that's going to alter our mind. We need to drink in of the right thing. Amen? We need to be loaded all right, but not loaded on the counterfeit. We don't need the counterfeit stuff. We got the real stuff. The Bible says in Psalm 68, 19, who daily loadeth us with benefits. Bless the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. Well, we got benefits, but we also ought to have that attitude. I'm going to be daily loaded. I'm going to be daily stuffed full with the word of God. I'm going to be daily drinking in of God's new wine, his new wine. It's so fine. It's so fine. God's new wine. This is that spoken by the prophet. Joel that fell on the day of Pentecost and that new wine that filled those 120 up is still filling up believers today that's what we need to be drinking 
in us. The Spirit of God. Amen. (laughs) So we need to be aware of what we're allowing in to our hearts and in through to our mouths what we're drinking. I'm going to take a drink of water. (laughs) (coughs) 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 No alcohol. So we need to check the source of what we are drinking in of. What are we listening to? What are we watching? What kind of stuff are we reading? That's drinking in of things. And a lot of it is junk. <coughs> well, glory. Hallelujah. <coughs> this is the source of what we need to be drinking in of. It's found in Revelation 22, verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear and crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. John saw this river and he called it life. It was proceeding from the throne of God. The reason that he called it life is that's because what it was. That's what it is. That river of life coming out of the throne. It's a pure river. It's not a polluted river. There's no garbage. There's no contamination. There's no death. It's pure life. And that's what happens when we get born again. This river of living water comes on the inside of us. And we need to keep drinking in of that pure river of living water and not allowing polluted stuff to drink drink in of polluted things. Polluted water in the natural will make people sick. If you see stuff swimming around in water, I would advise you not to drink it. There's polluted water out there. There's things that we listen to. It's polluted. Polluted water will make you sick. I see Liz sitting back there. Now, she can be a witness to me. Remember when we went to Peru a few years ago? And so the very first night we went, they had this little banquet for us. And they went made this Kool-Aid. And my daughter-in-law was sitting next to me. And she's like, Mom, don't drink that. And I'm like, oh, sure, I can drink that. Well, a little bit later, as we're leaving, we see these barrels of water with things floating on top of it. And that's what they'd made the Kool-Aid out of. So by the time we got back to the hotel, let's just say the polluted water had taken effect. I should not have drinking, drank the Kool-Aid. So when we drink things that are polluted, there's going to be some effects. In a physical body, if we do the same thing spiritually, there's going to be a price to pay. Where are we supposed to be drinking? What is supposed to be our watering hole? Well, it's not the news. Our watering hole is Jesus. Amen? John 7, 
verse 37. We'll look at it in the New King James. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried out saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Don't you like that he didn't say, come to me and think about it? No, come to me and drink. If anyone is thirsty, where are we supposed to come and drink? It's not hard. I just told you the answer. Jesus! (laughs) If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Don't drink from any other source but me. And we have to drink for ourselves. Just like, you know, I can say to Sabrina, let's go have lunch. And we might even order the same thing. But I can't eat for Sabrina. She can't be sitting there and saying, will you eat this food for me? Well, I might because I like to eat, but it ain't going to get her any benefit you can eat with someone but you can't eat for someone and it's the same of drinking in of the spirit of the living god you can drink with somebody sabrina's a good drinking buddy we can get all holy ghost drunk together but i can't drink for her she's got to drink in of the spirit of God. That's why Jesus said, if anyone, it's an individual thing. It's an individual thing to get born again. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Nobody can get born again for you. They can pray for you. They can lead you in the prayer, but it's an individual thing. Everything about God is personal. He wants you To call on him. He wants you. To drink in. Of the living water. Amen. Well thank God. I've got water to drink tonight apparently. You want to say anything else? (laughs) That's right. Is that what it said? Yeah, if anyone thirst, let him come. And that's the thing. And the other deal is this. If you aren't thirsty, you know, it's hard to drink. It's not every day that I love drinking water, but I know I need to drink water because it's good for me. It's the same with the things of God. Let him come. And you might wake up some morning and you're, you, don't, you feel as, as spiritual as an old cow. And you just don't feel like reading the word. You don't feel like drinking in of the spirit by praying in the Holy yes. Spirit. But let him come. You do it anyway. And even if you don't sense that you're hungry for the word of God or that you're thirsty for the spirit of God, we pray in the spirit by faith. And if you're not thirsty, just be honest. Lord, I just don't feel very thirsty spiritually. I just don't feel very hungry for the word of God. 
But I'm asking you, Lord, make me hungry. Spirit of the living God, give me a thirst for the things of God. Be honest. He knows whether you're thirsty or not, but he can make you thirsty if you open up yourself to him. And then it's so important that we have this intake before there can be an outgo. John seven thirty eight in the Amplified. He who believes in me, who cleaves to me, trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuous springs of living water. We can't take in a trickle and expect a river to flow out. We can't drink occasionally and expect that there's going to be an overflow. Not just a once in a while. He said this, continuous springs of living water should be flowing out of us. He's, he cares about us. Of course he does. He wants you to be full. He wants you to be refreshed. He wants you to come and drink. But then this gives us the real purpose. So that when we take in, there's a continuous outflow. Humanity around us are thirsty. Some don't know what they're thirsty for. But they're looking for love. They're looking for God. In all the wrong places. If you've got relatives that are out there acting stupid and doing crazy things and ways they acting like you didn't raise them, that is just a sign of them seeking and searching. Every human being has on the inside of them really this hunger, this something that needs to be satisfied. And only Jesus can satisfy. How are they going to hear without a preacher? How are they going to know unless we tell them? How are they going to see unless we show them? How are they going to sense that living water unless we let it flow freely out of us? Doesn't the Bible say freely you have received, now just hoard it up for yourself and enjoy it every single day. No? Freely you have received, now what's the rest of it? Freely give. Freely we have partaken of that river of living water. Now we need to let it flow out of us freely. Let me just make some statements that came to me today as I was praying as we close. The fuller we are, the farther we go, is the title. But this came to me as well. The fuller we are, the more effective we will be in prayer. We've got places to go and things to do. We can't get there 
or do them on empty. If you wanted to take a trip down to L.A. and you have, I mean, not even a drop of gas in your car and you sat in your garage all day and wonder why I'm not heading to L.A. You're not going anywhere if your car is on empty, if there's no gas in your tank. And too many Christians are trying to live on a fume of yesterday's blessings or, you know, maybe a month ago or a year ago. I had such a wonderful experience with God. That's great. That's wonderful. But his mercies are new every morning. We need to be experiencing him. Amen. And then this came to me. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. The things he has prepared for us. But listen to this. But he will reveal them to those who are looking into the word and drinking in of the spirit. The further fuller we are, the more we will see, hear, and know. We believe that the spirit of seeing and knowing is coming upon the church Then this last phrase, get in the flow and you'll be in the know. Get in the flow and you'll be in the know. We don't have to live in the dark in this day and in this age. Darkness is all around us. But if we eat and we drink, hallelujah, we're going to go where we need to go. Get in the flow. And you'll be in the know. Amen. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we've eaten from the word of God tonight. Now, let's just do a little bit of drinking. How do you drink, you may say? Well, over in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Be being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, praying in the Holy Ghost. So if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, let's just go ahead and drink a little bit. Oh, hallelujah. Drink in, drink in. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we stir ourselves up tonight on purpose. We drink in. Oh, mama matare shoparata. We know, we know of a surety. There's things for us to do. There's places to go. Ha ha. We're not going to get there on empty. Oh, my shombre kata. Some of you, I can just sense it. You came in here dry as a bone tonight, but you don't have to leave dry. Go ahead, lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. You cannot drink in the natural with your mouth closed. You can't drink in of the things of the Spirit with your heart closed. Open your heart. Open your mouth. Hallelujah. Woo! If you don't pray in tongues, just start praising Him with praise and 
and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving. Some of you need to say, pass that joy of, oh, that jug of joy. That jug of joy. Oh, let there be a refreshing. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Let there be a reviving in this place. Woo! Be refreshed. Be refreshed, my brother. Be refreshed. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Drinking. Drinking in. Drinking in. Drawing, 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 drawing from the wells of salvation. Woo! Hallelujah! Ha ha ha! We even read it in Psalms 23. He revives, he revives my drooping head. Go ahead, lift your head up. Lift your head up. He's the glory. He's the lifter up of our heads. Ha 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 ha. Woo! Ha 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 ha. We're going to take in today. We're going to take in tonight. We'll be praying for others tomorrow. But this is an intake service right now. You go ahead. Some of you need a big drink. Ha 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 ha. Drinking in. Drinking in. Ha 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 ha. Oh, refreshed, refreshed and revived. Ha 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 ha. Thank you, Father. Just one dose of the Holy Ghost is not enough. Woo! Thank you, Lord, for reviving and refreshing. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Ha 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 ha. Revived and refreshed. Oh, Jesus. Ha 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 ha. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.